You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. This is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. We are presented by DraftKings. Love those guys. Love each and every one of you that know that this is the best fantasy show on the planet, primarily because Joe is the best fantasy analyst on the planet. And by the way, I must say, in terms of fantasy guys, I think he's the best orator, presenter. I think he's the best on the air, on the mic. I don't go back and check all of his picks. There's other websites that do that. But he's just entertaining. I just like I like his delivery, right? And that's me. That's what I care about. The Joe I'm speaking of is, of course, Joe Dolan, at FG underscore Dolan. Can't highly recommend enough going to FantasyPoints.com and using that code 23FEAST. It's just awesome. I am merely Ross Tucker, former NFL player at Ross Tucker NFL now I do a bunch of games, TV, radio. I got Holy Cross Army on Saturday, which I'm looking forward to. Love West Point this time of year. Monday night, I'm in the booth with Kevin Harlan. Ever heard of him? Broncos, Bills, Westwood One, National Radio. Can't wait. Kevin is the man, just like Joe's the man. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We're at Ross Tucker Pod. The show is always available. All the shows and the highlight clips. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Four teams on buy, buys, Joe. We got the Eagles and the Chiefs, who come off the bye, by the way, to play a Monday night game against each other, which is very interesting. Then you've got the Dolphins and the Rams. Thursday night game is the Bears hosting Carolina. So we have a Week 10 Thursday night game with a combined three wins, Joe, and 14 losses. What do we need to know from a fantasy perspective? Uh, yeah, first and foremost, we're not 100% sure if Justin Fields is going to play for the Chicago Bears. He's been limited in practice this week, so we'll find out later today uh, what, what the deal is. But with the short week turnaround, you know, Tyson Bajant's shown some, some good things. I think there's a lot about him that suggests he's going to be a solid NFL backup quarterback, if if not something more than that. But he turned the ball over four times last week against the Saints, um, three interceptions and a lost fumble. Um, he's completing more passes than Justin Fields, but uh, he's obviously throwing it to a different area of the field than Fields. It's that short to intermediate area. And if Justin Fields come back, that potentially will help unlock DJ Moore. Nonetheless, uh, for Chicago... The big news outside of Justin Fields is Khalil Herbert is uh, ready to be activated off of IR as he recovers from his high ankle sprain, uh, and he was practicing in full. I expect him back. I don't anticipate Deontay Foreman is going to seed the early down role in that backfield just yet. Um, the problem is he's not doing a lot in the passing game, and if this becomes kind of a three-man committee on a bad team, it's just not going to be good for fantasy in general. So, obviously, we have to wait on the Justin Fields news. Um, feels like truly 50-50 at the point of recording. If he goes, um, he low-end QB1 on a week where there are some good fantasy quarterbacks on by. Uh, but other than that, I, I think the short week gives them a reason to go back to Tyson Bajan if need be. 
What about Joe, the Carolina Panthers? They're, they they bother me offensively. They bother me a lot, Joe. Yeah, I mean, Ross, the offensive line has not been good. And, and that's – now, I often do think offensive lines can get overly criticized. There is a – certainly a subsect of quarterbacks for whom sacks are a quarterback stat. Um, and Bryce Young is obviously a rookie quarterback, but I don't think they're protecting him all that well. The receiving core outside of Adam Thielen is not good. They cannot run the ball. And they're not going to be able to run the ball this week uh, against Chicago. Chicago might have the most underrated run defense in the entire NFL right now. Last week, the Saints' 84 non-scramble rush yards against the Bears were the most Chicago had surrendered on the ground since week four, but there's also a little caveat to that, Ross. The guy who gained the overwhelming majority of that yardage was Taysom Hill, so not a running back. The running backs combined for 32 yards on 13 carries, and the last time the Bears surrendered more than three yards per carry to opposing running backs was all the way back in week four against Denver, which was also the last time they surrendered um, uh, an explosive run, which is a run of 15 or more yards. This Bears run defense has been excellent, and Carolina has been trying for something to help Bryce Young, obviously moving to Chuba Hubbard as their lead back. Not going to happen this week. They're not going to be able to run the ball this week and uh, would not be excited to play Chuba Hubbard. So every week for DraftKings, I'm supposed to have one stud pick and one value pick. A lot of times it ends up being two value picks. Why am I going to give you a stud pick if I think a value pick is better? I do not think that Justin Fields will play Thursday night. It just makes too much sense to give him 10 more days before he actually can get hit and all that stuff. Uh, maybe they want him to play because it's a primetime game. I don't know. I think it's Bajent. So I'm going to go Bajent at 4,900, and I'm going to pair him with Cole Komet at 4,200. And no, I'm not chasing last week's touchdowns. I just think, to Joe's point about Bajent short intermediate, I think he just trusts Komet and looks for Komet. So those are my guys for this week. Tyson Bajan and Cole Komet. Sunday morning, we're shipping the Colts and the Patriots over to Germany, Joe. A little different than last Sunday. Oh, the, the Patriots just have nothing at receiver. Now, they're, they got their run game going last week, but, I mean, this receiving core is unbelievably bad. Look, look, Ross, they, they gave six targets to Jalen Rager last week. Like, what are we seeing? Like, my, my co-host on SiriusXM uh, Fantasy on game day, the game day show on Sundays, uh, Paul Kelly, when he saw Rager drop a deep pass and he, and he saw the throw down there and he's like, oh, who dropped that? Was that Pop Douglas? And the noise he made when he realized it was Jalen Rager, who was, who was trying, it was, it was not, you cannot repeat it. It was a noise of anguish, of surprise. It was, they're, they are trying for anything out there, but losing Kendrick Borden was obviously massive for this offense there are two players you can play in this passing game uh and they're 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 demario douglas and hunter henry has finally started to get back um they're trying to get him out there because mac jones is comfortable with him but it's ramondre stevenson really or bust for me for new england i i mean this is and, and indianapolis is an over team you know indianapolis is a team i i guess last week carolina did not put up any sort of fight because bryce young was awful in that game but new england it's just it, there's not a worse supporting cast than what Mac Jones has right now. Wow. What about the Colts? 
so the Colts, well, first and foremost, Jonathan Taylor has started to take over this backfield. He had by far his biggest role against the Panthers last week. Didn't didn't have a huge game. He averaged just 2.6 yards per carry, but also had five catches for 22 yards. So he's really starting to emerge as a bell cow. He had 18 carries to Zach Moss's seven, five targets to Zach Moss's zero last week. Michael Pittman, you start him this week, especially because... Josh Downs, he tried to play through the knee injury last week, couldn't do it. I don't know if we're going to see Josh Downs in this game for the Indianapolis Colts. Let's move on. It's the Browns and the Ravens, one of the juicy matchups. Man, there's a a few really good 1 o'clock games on Sunday, including this one. Deshaun Watson's back, taking on the Ravens, who I had number one. In my power rankings on Tuesday's Ross Tucker football podcast, Joe. Well, Ross, uh, this is the, the kind of luck that sometimes you have in fantasy football. The Baltimore Ravens scored 37 points. They were destroying the Seahawks so bad that Lamar Jackson did not play in the fourth quarter last week. Lamar Jackson accounted for zero touchdowns in that game. He was like a bottom 10 fantasy quarterback on the day. How does that happen? Like, how does that, how do the Baltimore Ravens build such a huge lead? Lamar Jackson gets mercy benched and he does nothing for fantasy. The second straight week, by the way, he's done pretty much nothing for fantasy. Um, after, uh, uh, that kind of stinky performance that they had against the Arizona Cardinals, which Lamar Jackson would willingly admit was a very bad performance by the offense. Um, here's the deal for Baltimore and what I'm most interested in, um, there were rumors, um, I guess Marlon Humphrey came out today and said that the they were close to trading for Derrick Henry. I don't know if, if Marlon Humphrey has inner workings in the Baltimore front office, but it's. I think if that's true, if the Ravens were indeed pursuing Derrick Henry and had it close, I think it's interesting that they gave the biggest role of the year to Keaton Mitchell, the young explosive running back out of East Carolina uh, in week number nine. Mitchell obviously had a long touchdown run of 40 yards. He had another 60-yard run. Gus Edwards is still the goal line back. But Justice Hill, he had 13 carries. But keep in mind, Justice Hill was the guy getting the carries in the fourth quarter with Tyler Huntley after they had already benched Lamar Jackson in this game. So Justice Hill, to me, that reads like he got demoted. And Keaton Mitchell is giving them an explosive element in the run game that they hadn't had before. He was the best waiver wire pickup of the week um, on a week where there were very few good waiver wire pickups, and I think he's a viable flex in week number 10. Uh, Obviously, keep in mind, Cleveland's defense is as good as it comes. Yeah, they are. What about Cleveland on offense against a really darn good Ravens defense? I don't know how much we learned about Cleveland's offense. Deshaun Watson played a clean game against Arizona, but Arizona was so bad on offense. 58 yards from scrimmage in that game. There have been 36 individual plays of longer than that this year. That's what Arizona gained over the entire game. Um, Jerome Ford, I guess you could say he's healthy. They gave him 20 carries, but Kareem Hunt remains the goal line and third down back for them. Um, which makes him the most viable running back here. Um, Amari Cooper is the only wide receiver you can play, Um, although it's it's on the road, and Amari Cooper historically underperforms on the road, uh, and it's a tough defense, and David Njoku is a viable tight end one. Nobody else here worth playing for the Cleveland Browns. Going to be a good game, man. Um, I think so. Anybody in the area, you should get on the Game Time app like I do, and just see what the prices are to get into the stadium, M&T Bank Stadium on Sunday. 
Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. Sometimes even a little bit after it starts for concerts and stuff. The, the key to me is two things. Number one, you can see the vantage point from your seat. Still don't know how they figured that out. And then number two, the game time guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code FEAST for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, so again, create an account and redeem code F-E-A-S-T for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Joe, let's talk Texans and Bengals. It's another juicy matchup. Maybe under the mm-hmm. radar a little bit more, but I'm fired up about it. Uh, I love this game. Um, C.J. Stroud, fantastic last week. Ross, uh, record-breaking performance. Um, we know that uh, with C.J. Stroud and the Bengals. I mean, look, Joe Burrow's all the way back right now um, and might be have, might have the most momentum in terms of MVP candidates. So the Texans and the Bengals are going to have a very fascinating game. Now, the Texans' run defense has been pretty freaking good. You've got to give them some credit, but... They're, they lost uh, Hassan Ridgeway to a torn Achilles. They're hoping getting uh, getting Sheldon Rankins back helps offset that. But it's potentially a better matchup for Joe Mixon than the numbers suggest. It was also good to see T. Higgins get back out there. I know Jamar Chase had a had a weird uh, weird kind of game, uh, unfortunately, but. I think that was partially because they really just wanted to get T. Higgins going, um, and that's going to be um, something that going forward, you know Jamar Chase is going to be back to getting his. So the Cincinnati Bengals are once again back to being that kind of narrow fantasy team. Um, I know Burrow threw two touchdowns. One went to Drew Sample. One went to Irv Smith. That's not going to happen again. Uh, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are going to get theirs. Mixon has a bell cow roll, even if he's frustrating sometimes. Uh, Cincinnati is uh, rolling on all cylinders right now, and I don't view this as a particularly restrictive matchup for them. Houston on offense? Uh, Well... Houston's completely one-dimensional offensively. They cannot run the ball at all, whether it's Damian. That really surprised me, by the way. Yeah, like because the offensive line's doing a solid job protecting C.J. Stroud. So are they just not blocking it up well, or are these running backs not be- very good? 
potentially both. But Damian Pierce missed last week. We, we don't know about his status for this week. Um, and Devin Singletary, I was excited to see him get his opportunity. Nonetheless, he comes out and averages just two yards a carry. He catches two passes and doesn't gain a yard on those two receptions. And it still didn't matter because Stroud threw for 470 and five touchdowns. And, and obviously right now, Nico Collins and Tank Dell, I can't sit these guys. They're young receivers who are growing with C.J. Stroud. They're both on the wide receiver two, wide receiver three radar. Dalton Schultz, he's emerging recently. He has over 100 yards and a touchdown in that game. I can't sit him at tight end. And I do wonder if Robert Woods just got Wally pipped by Noah Brown. Um, Noah Brown, I think, is a guy you could pick up. in a, I actually picked him up and started him before uh, last week in a deeper league where I lost Josh Palmer. And it was a great decision to start Noah Brown. So um, I think he's somebody who the Texans should continue to roll with. They're a one-dimensional team right now, but there aren't seven or eight quarterbacks in fantasy that I'd rather have right now uh, than, than C.J. Stroud. He's been incredible, way better than I would have anticipated him being. Speaking of incredible, Joe, I'm so fired up for the Niners at the Jags. Yeah, Another Sunday 1 o'clock game. It's crazy that the, we have all these Sunday 1 o'clock games, and then you look at what like the 425 games are. That, I can't believe they didn't swap it out. Yeah. The Sunday 425 game is going to be Giants-Cowboys. And look at the Sunday night game. Jets-Raiders. Woo-hoo. Um, yay. I'm like, woo! I'm excited for that one. Uh, now, 49ers-Jaguars could be the game of the week, and this is um, the Jaguars kind of step-up-in-class game. Like, they're 6-2. and two. They're, in a, they're in maybe the easiest division in the NFL. Can they hang with the big boys, though? The 49ers are reeling. They're coming off three straight losses, and then, obviously, they um, they went on by, as did Jacksonville. The 49ers are probably going to get Debo Samuel back after the bye. That's a good sign for them. Um, and if Debo Samuel does, does go, that's probably a bad sign for George Kittle. His production has dropped off precipitously in recent years when Debo Samuel uh, has been in the lineup, and George Kittle's just fine with that. But I expect the 49ers to attack um, on the perimeter. Uh, the Jaguars are giving up much more production outside than inside, so I would expect this to be a good Brandon Ayuk game uh, as well for the 49ers. I expect them to get back to what's working for them, um, and and they will throw the ball to Brandon Ayuk, and they will obviously run the ball um, uh, with, with Christian McCaffrey. The Jaguars have been a fantastic run defense, um, but Christian McCaffrey leads the NFL in, in, in rushing. You're not sitting Christian McCaffrey. The Debo thing's interesting. I wonder if there's any type of like pitch counter. They just go full throttle. Yeah. Um, I wonder if he, they, they gave him the two weeks before the bye. Um, and then the, he had the bye. They didn't put him on IR. That suggests to me that he was probably pretty close to being good to go. Um, on, uh, all, all, last week, what, before they went on bye, And I think they were just being cautious with, with him. What about the Jags on offense, Joe? Um, well, let's go to the Jags. Uh, Travis Etienne, look, bell cow of bell cows here. Um, there's maybe two backs in fantasy I'd rather have than Etienne, and one of them's across the field from him in this game. Um, he's been phenomenal. Tank Tank Bigsby cannot get out of his own way. The guy just continually messes up. Uh, I mean, he's got, Tank Bigsby has the most 
mistakes to touches ratio, the highest mistakes to touches ratio in the NFL. So they're just going to go with ETN, who had 30 opportunities and 149 yards from scrimmage the last time they played uh, back in Week 8 against the Steelers. ETN's an RB1. I think you just kind of have to play Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley every week. Ridley had 10 targets in Week in, in Week 8. Evan Ingram had 10 targets in Week 8. The Jaguars have their guys who you play. And there's really nobody else who's in consideration here for the Jaguars. Although, I will say, if Zay Flowers can return, or excuse me, Zay Jones can return from a knee injury, that does complicate matters a little bit in this receiving core. They came off of the bye, so I wonder if Zay Jones is closer to uh, being available. So if you're feeling good about your fantasy draft picks, Joe, but not sure what to eat, just make it easy on yourself. Order in on DoorDash. Now you can root for your squad while your food and drinks are on the way. Yeah, that means burgers, chips, dips, soda, pizza, wings, so much more delivered straight to your door. And of course, Joe, you got to have something to wash the food down. So do what I do when I'm watching football. Drink some Labatt Blue Lights. Could be with friends, could be with family, could be by yourself with the TV. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Love this matchup, Joe. Another one. Gosh, we didn't spread these games out right this weekend, NFL schedule, guys. What are we doing? Saints and Vikings. They're both five and four. My boy Taysom Hill has it rolling a little bit. And then for the Vikings, where are you putting yeah. where are you ranking Josh Dobbs this week as a fantasy quarterback, Joe? Uh, he was as good a fantasy quarterback this week uh, as as there is, given the situation, I mean, you have to be thrilled if you're a Vikings fan with what you saw from Josh Dobbs, and we put him at the top of the waiver wire uh, in terms of quarterbacks at fantasy points because, look, Justin Jefferson's probably not going to play this week. That's per Tom Pelissero. Um, but they still have TJ Hawkinson. They still have Jordan Addison. Um, and so Josh Dobbs is going to get these boys the, the football. And maybe we should have been giving him a little bit more credit for how well he was playing in Arizona, given how Arizona looked without him gaining 58 total yards from scrimmage in their first game without Josh Dobbs. Look, Josh Dobbs is a top 12 quarterback for me this weekend. And I think you can be excited about what TJ Hawkinson gives them. You can be excited about what, excuse me, what he's going to give TJ Hawkinson. You can be excited about what he's going to do for Jordan Addison. The question now becomes though, What's happening in this backfield? Cam Akers, of course, Ross, um, out for the year with a torn Achilles, the second of his career, and it's a career-threatening injury. Alexander Madison has been completely inefficient, but do they have a choice but to give Alexander Madison the ball? Or is or is Ty Chandler going to get another chance to kind of carve out a role in this backfield? He is an okay, uh, Ty Chandler is, um, staff uh, worthwhile stash if you need a running back in your fantasy league all right joe what about on the other side with the new orleans saints so at first and foremost at this point we, we we have completely capitulated um you just have to play Taysom hill as a tight end if he has tight end eligibility i mean there's only like three tight ends over the last five weeks who have scored more fantasy points than Taysom Hill. I'm a little surprised they didn't they didn't try to let him go get the EGOT, the fantasy football EGOT in uh in week number nine against the Bears. Taysom threw for a touchdown and he um and he caught a touchdown despite them re uh, leading them in receiving 
Excuse me, despite him leading them in rushing, he didn't have a rushing touchdown. Uh, that That's a that's a rarefied air where, like, LaDainian Tomlinson and Christian McCaffrey are in, and they didn't let Taysom Hill do it, which was a little surprising to me. But nonetheless, their run game has been struggling, and he's been helping that run game. He's their top rusher right now. Uh, uh, Alvin Kamara still, obviously, you have to play him because of his role in the receiving game. But Taysom Hill is extremely involved in this offense and will continue to be. Um, it was good to see Chris Olave come through with a touchdown on eight targets. We knew that was going to happen. Um, eventually, but it was good to see him score the touchdown last week against Chicago. Really looking forward to that game. Um, let's do one more, Joe. It's the the Packers at the Steelers. A couple of teams struggling from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, so here is what the Green Bay Packers did last week. And it wasn't pretty, but it certainly helped. Getting Aaron Jones the ball in week nine was clearly their plan A and plan B against the Rams, who were led by Brett Rippon. Green Bay's offense has been sputtering, Ross, as you know, ever since Jones went down in Week 1. And as Coach Matt LaFleur insinuated before Week 9, they were going to unleash him. He said it, and they did it. They gave him 26 opportunities on a season-high 57% snap share, and he came through for fantasy. He had 99 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. It wasn't explosive, but Jones took a lot of stress off the shoulders of Jordan Love, who needed that stress taken off his shoulders. The fact that Jordan Love played a really clean game with Aaron Jones handling a massive workload, I would anticipate Aaron Jones will continue handling that big workload this week against Pittsburgh. Oh, and by the way, watch the status of Christian Watson, who, who literally has every body part injured right now. What about the Steelers on the other side, Joe? They were getting the ball to Jalen Warren a little bit. Yeah, and they were able to run the ball with both Jalen Warren and um, and Najee Harris last week. But Tennessee has been, after after being one of the toughest run defenses in the NFL, Tennessee has been a sieve for like the last month and a half. That is not the case this week against Green Bay. Green Bay's run defense has been very strong. I want to see if there was an, a change, if Pittsburgh is going to be able to run the ball. Like they, they had 144 yards, a non-scramble rush yards last week. That was their most of the season. Um, over the last two weeks, Green Bay has given up just 101 rushing yards on 47 non-scramble rush attempts, of which only five rushing yards have come before contact. Green Bay is getting in the backfield. Ooh, I love it. Should be a good game. That's half the game so far. We'll do the other half, episode two. Make sure you download, subscribe, so you get both episodes of the show that's so nice, we do it twice. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. (laughs) 